Making the first move. This one, I feel, is such a... I guess people are constantly in back and forth about whether a woman should make the first move or not. And, you know, modern feminism has taken us to such a place in our journey of liberation where we have arrived at the point where making the first move romantically is considered part of that liberation to such an extent that there are dating apps that are built on the very framework of women making the first move. Um, I'm not in any sponsorship with this dating app, but for the sake of context, I'll mention the name. Bumble is the dating app where women make the first move and it's encouraged um, in their marketing and through the way the app is set up that women should feel comfortable to, you know, flirt first or make their own selections. And I am of the shared belief with Bumble that women deserve to decide where I'm on the fence and hanging on that same fence by a leg is <laughs> the idea that women got to be moving to men. And that's part of why I feel a little bit icky about this particular topic because I'm going to preface what I'm about to say by making it clear that I'm actually not even against the idea of making the first move. I have made the first move in the past and I will share stories of when I have done so, when it has worked, when it hasn't worked. You know, there's always layers, there's always nuance, there's always exceptions in very, very, very special situations that require such exception. And making the first move has a different context in each situation. But for the general most part, making the first move as a woman usually means seeing a guy that you're attracted to and doing what the guy would normally do in that situation, which is to you know, you would approach this man that you're attracted to and you would tell him that you find him attractive. You might even go as far as buying him a drink or telling him that you see a future with him. You might even be the one that arranges the first date. Like, do you know what's coming to mind right now? The Alicia Keys, you don't know my name, music video. And she's, you know, there's a cut scene in the music video and she she's finally found the bravery in her imagination to make the phone call to this guy who always comes to the coffee shop that she works at and she calls him and she tells him that she fancies him and she arranges the first date and the music is like and it's so like triumphant and oh my god I finally spoken to the man that I fancy this is all happening in her imagination though in this visual in the music video but that's the scene that's coming to mind that like desperation of because <laughs> I feel like it's desperate Okay, I'm going to say what it is I wanted to say. I feel like it is desperate to make the first move, especially if that first move is you quite literally asking a man out on a date. I feel like it's desperate. The reason why I feel like it's desperate is because why didn't he ask you out? And I know that there will be someone out there. In fact, not just someone. There will be many people who will argue opposite to what I'm saying, that we are living in a modern world where we don't necessarily have to subscribe to gender roles anymore. And the gender roles that we have thrown away are the gender roles that involve women having to be on the passive receptive side of courtship, meaning that we don't have to wait for men to initiate romantic contact with us. Well, if we want to do it and ask this man for some dick, 
Like it just feels, the reason why it feels desperate is because it's like, if your shit is popping, if you look good, if the production is, is smoothly running from head to toe, if you're carrying yourself well, and if that man actually likes you, he's going to approach you and he is supposed to pitch himself to you. And the pitch is not like an elevator pitch where he's literally word vomiting to you all the ways he can make your life better and all the ways he can impress you from date one. No, this is him actually starting a thoughtful conversation with you based on what he's observed about you from him having been looking at you from afar for a while, if it's that kind of scenario. This is him approaching you with his best, not only his best foot forward, his best trouser. Is he wearing his best trouser? <laughs> this man needs to show up and show out, okay? Because that's what you deserve. I just feel weird about the idea of like going up to a man and asking him out because that sets the tone. It sets the tone and that tone that you set is that you need to get ready to be caught in this man now for the rest of the relationship. <laughs> because... He knows, he too knows that he's the one that's supposed to have approached you if he was feeling you. It's the least a man can do. And I know that there'll be people who will disagree and say that it's disempowering as a woman to wait for men. But it's like, mm, I just don't understand why it's more empowering to like essentially beg a man to date you when there's literally men everywhere. <laughs> like men are supposed to men are supposed to prove themselves to you because when men are approaching you or when men fancy you they usually fancy you from the place of having already imagined pressing your tip they've already imagined sleeping with you and they're going off of that imagination and they are trying to pursue you enough to turn that imagination into a reality i ain't offended by the idea of you wanting to sleep with me it's the idea of what you're going to do about it. That's where we may have problems. Maybe we won't have problems. If you if you go about it correctly, we might not have any issues. Um, But, you know, when it comes to why I think it's desperate to make the first move as well, it's just like... Desperation is dangerous when you're a woman who dates men because once men notice that you're desperate, they're going to take advantage of you. And the taking advantage of you isn't necessarily them physically breaching your boundaries, even though that might be a part of it. Where I say they might take advantage of you is if you've approached a man because you're desperate and you're moving to him. And then in this same scenario, you happen to be the one that's making way more money than him. He's absolutely going to lean into that and enjoy the benefits of you basically paying his way. You're basically just like paying. Why are you doing that? Do you not, have you no source? Do you lack source? Because it's down to a lack of source. You need to season your stew better. You need to add Maggie to your stew so that when you come across guys that you fancy, you don't have to walk up to them and beg them for dick. <laughs> they can spot that you are different. You are a stunner and it's in their interest to pursue you as they should. And I don't see how it's disempowering for a man to pursue you. Which part of that is disempowering? Like I feel very strongly about the idea that modern feminism has like rebranded so many things to such an extent that, you know, we can, we can just call things disempowering because we don't know how to do it. Or we can call things outdated and oppressive because we don't know how to do it. For example, you know, the idea of prioritising dating men who have money. There are many women who say that's disempowering. It's like, 
how would you be disempowered by someone that's actively helping you out and you don't have to even spend your money on the stuff that he's spending the money on to help you out you can just spend your money on what you want to spend it on and you're spending his money too which part of that is disempowering but you call it disempowering so that you can so that you can you can make yourself feel better about not knowing how to do it because what is that (laughs) um but you know while i've said that it is desperate to chase men and we're talking about making the first move you know there may be one or two times where you might make the first move but listen them times are rare scenarios i'll explain scenarios where i've made the first move and how do I phrase it it's like usually when I've made that first move I just leave it there if you want to continue taking this to where it might potentially get to that's on you sir but I've done I've done my part I've done more than enough here so you might be wondering what do you do Chidi when you make the first move well let me explain one scenario so there is this guy who you are mutually following on Instagram. So he follows you, you follow him. And you've looked through the mutuals that you both have. And majority of the mutual friends you both share on Instagram are people that you know in real life. And they're people that you have hung out with before. And maybe when you've looked at his photos, you've seen that there's maybe parties or events or outings that this guy has been on where friends that you know have been present so there's enough context and proof that this guy definitely shares a friend network with you in that instance if you've newly followed each other and you really really like the desperation you're shaking you really feel like you have to you really feel like you have to (laughs) or it might not even be that you're approaching him because you want to hopefully have romantic interactions with him it could be that you know, you want to see what it do. Like, it could be that he's somebody that's connected and you might want to leverage your beauty in this situation, which I'm in full support of doing. And that's something that I definitely do. Where, where required, <laughs> I'm going to use what I got to get what I need, baby. But anyway, you've noticed that you have mutuals with this guy. You've seen that the mutuals that you share are people that are actually in his life. And those are people that are also in your life. So you might message him and be like, hey, um, I noticed that we have... Loads of mutual friends. Um, you might maybe even name a couple for the extra razzle-dazzle. Notice that we have a couple, uh, we have a handful of mutual friends. A um, couple people specifically, Bob and James. Um, I was actually with James last week, crazy. I'm so surprised that we haven't crossed paths yet. But, you know, there's a possibility we might end up at the same place. So I thought I'll just introduce myself now and say, hey, that's it. That's more than enough. Because what you've done is you've put it out there that you are friendly and open to getting to know this guy. And the reason why you feel open to knowing him is because you already know who his friends are. So there is this sort of like, you know, friendly, polite assumption that he might be a cool guy too. Because your guy friends or the mutual friends you have are also cool people and you all go to the same places. So there is actually a chance you might bump into each other. So there's no harm in introducing yourself. And it doesn't come across as weird It doesn't come across as you being desperate because you're just introducing yourself based on you having mutuals. Now it's up to him to decide what's going to happen next because he could easily respond and be like, oh, hey, nice to meet you. I'm Jack. 
great to connect and then nothing really goes from there well if nothing comes of that then nothing came of it you gotta leave it there you've put out a feeler and that's more than enough i am of the strong belief that if you absolutely really 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 have to if you feel like you can't resist this guy and you really really want to make the quote-unquote first move one feeler is more than enough and it can't be too obvious like it has to still be you know skirting that line of friendly easygoing but also still, you know, knowing when to stop. So that's one instance. Uh, what do we think? Another instance. When have I made the first child? The way I'm racking my brains trying to think, when have I made the first? Um, or it could be if you've already met that person, but it was very, very fleeting. There was a time when there was a guy who uh, I met him. I was on my way somewhere. I think he was on his way somewhere too. But when we met, we had like a very brief, super brief conversation. I think we were both talking about, we were even wearing the same design, like the same person was the same brand of shirts or the same tattoo. There's some, there was something that we had in common and we both kind of pointed it out at each other very briefly. And that was the end of that conversation. It was super brief. And then we somehow found each other later on social media. And when I followed, he followed me first. When I followed him back, for a long time, I was like, I feel like I recognise his face from somewhere and I'm not sure where. So then when the memory finally revisited me and I was like, oh yeah, that's it. I saw him at XYZ and we spoke about this really briefly. I messaged him. And the thing is, the message was at 2am because that was when the memory came to me. I wasn't in the mindset of like, oh, you know, it's 2am. He's going to think I'm trying to start something, something, something. I didn't care how it went because I just saw him as like someone that could be a possible friend. So I wasn't going off of the precious sort of like um, mentality of if I message this guy past 10 p.m. it might look desperate. I didn't care about how it would look because I wasn't trying to do anything with him. I was just trying to introduce myself. <laughs> so I said to him, hey, this might sound really random, but I feel like we have actually met before. Do you remember this particular scenario? And then I detailed the scenario in which we met from my memory and then I ended it with but if that didn't happen and you are not the person I thought you were then I'm so sorry do not mind me at all <laughs> have a nice day by the way I'm Chidera you know kept it friendly kept it nice and quick get in there get out of there quickly leave as soon as you entered nothing to hang around there for and then you know when he replied he was like he, thankfully it was the right person. He actually did remember. <laughs> but then from there, a conversation actually started. And he was the one that was carrying most of the conversation. And how you know when someone is interested in talking to you is when <laughs> the conversation is coming to a natural close. Like, you know, there's not really much to say in response to the last thing the person said was. But I noticed with this guy, he would like, he would change the subject so that he could talk to me for longer. And I was like, oh, this is nice. You know, he likes, he likes talking to me. Anyway... I'm going to I'm going to hang around a little longer because you know I was actually enjoying the conversation I was having with him but there was a certain point where I was starting to become a little bit sort of like if this guy doesn't ask me when I'm free for him to take me out anytime soon if this guy isn't within the next day or so asking me what my calendar looks like so we can do xyz together 
I'm just going to very, very slowly detach from this conversation. It's no bad blood. He ain't a bad person. I just don't need to be doing pen pal. Like, I'm a busy woman. And I could be using that time to be talking to men who are actually doing stuff for me, you know? So sometimes you might make the first move and nothing really comes of it. It's okay to accept that nothing came of it. Like, you've planted the seed. Sometimes planting the seed is more than enough. The seed might not germinate right now. But just let the seed do what the seed's going to do in it. Like, if you are now, after you've made the first move, you've put out your first feeler, you've set a little booby trap. You know, once in a while, you got to, like, just flash some bait in it. Because other times, it might not be that you'll message a guy and you'll say, hey, we have mutuals or, hey, we've met before. It could be that if you're feeling real confident, you have to, listen, for you to do something like this, yeah, for you to do something like what I'm about to say, you need to be very confident. You need to be sure that you look good. You need to be sure that if if situations were to become, you know, you two meeting up, you can hold your own, yeah? In a scenario where you feel like setting some trap, you know, a little booby trap, hanging a little bait somewhere, that bait has to only be hung once. That booby trap needs to only be set once because I feel like if a guy if a guy's attracted to you already, yeah, and maybe he's like feeling shy about approaching you for whatever reason. And you've, you know, flashed some bait at him, set a little booby trap, you know, you've you've kind of just like flirted with him small. If he does not take heed to that flirting, if he does not act on the little flirting you've given him, which will translate as a, you know, you got the green light, show me what he do. If he doesn't take any action based on that, leave it alone, leave it there leave it there because anything outside of that you're now doing way too much and he's now going to know that you're desperate and from there he's going to make you work for him like as in you're going to have to be the one working to earn his trust when that's not how it works that shit don't work why would you do that why are you caught in a man do you not have any self-esteem because that's what it comes down to this is a self-esteem thing and if you feel like chasing men is your destiny, listen, Olympic athletes, our runner, keep running, keep chasing. I'm not doing that. Be safe though. I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. You know, there's been times when it has worked where I've, 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 you know, hung a, hung a little bait. But again, I'm a very intelligent, beautiful, accomplished woman. So if, if I hang a little bait, normally if I'm hanging bait, I'm hanging bait towards men who are, I imagine, on my level. You know, people that I consider my peers or people who I aspire to be exposed to their network. I'm not hanging bait for men who can't do nothing for me. That don't make no sense. They don't deserve to taste this fresh prawn. The fuck? <laughs> they didn't deserve this. Go away. I'm talking about if I'm going to be stepping out of what I'm used to, which is chilling out and letting men come to me. If I'm really going to be feeling a little frisky that day, feeling a little bored, feeling a little bit, <coughs> a little confident and I might just poke a feeler or two. I'm poking a feeler with men who have shit going for them. Like, let's make that one clear. The context matters here. We ain't making no first move to men who are not even on our level because that just makes you look really, really desperate and these men will think something's wrong with you. I know it sounds bad, but they will think something's wrong with your self-esteem because they know that they're not on your level and they're, if anything, it's suspicious, like... This this free pussy, 
Why are you? Why are you? <laughs> it's like when someone comes up to you in the DMs. You know how there's lots of scammy um, marketing on Instagram now where those people who are trapped in the MLMs, the multi-level marketing schemes, the pyramid schemes, they come message you from one of their like fake AI bot accounts. And they'll be like, hey girl, would you like to, would you like to start uh, working for yourself? Uh, you could just, with just 2,500 pounds, you can, you can buy a batch of these products and sell. And I promise you, you'll be on your way to financial freedom in no time. Hit me up if you want more info. Like that shit's hella suspicious. Like why are you offering me, why are you offering me tools and tips and tricks on how to work for myself and and all this money I could make? Mm? Why are you coming out of your way to tell me all the all the uh, this, the AI bot scammers that use forex trading and crypto to come and get you? They'll the AI bots on Instagram will DM you and be like, "Hey, wanna make five thousand pounds a month? Come find out how quick and easy, risk free." Like, don't that shit make you feel like, no, you can keep the £5,000. Even though I could do with £5,000, this one's a little fishy. I'm not sure. That's the same way it looks when you're offering guys pussy who are not even on your level. Offering any man pussy, first of all, regardless of whether he's on your level or not, it looks desperate and they be suspicious of you. The men be scared. They're scared because they know they're supposed to work for it and free pussy is scary. Pussy that you haven't worked for is suspicious pussy. Because the suspicions are you don't have you don't have high self worth, and women who don't have high self worth are not hot. They they are accessible and convenient, but usually those men grow very tired of those women quite quickly. And I've seen it happen time and time again of men who I've been friends with, or you know, back in my heyday when I was experimenting and doing the most. Because you know, I didn't arrive at this mindset that I have now from birth. Like I had to be on the field too. <laughs> but back in my heyday when I was doing the most there have been times back then where you know I would I would do the whole oh god I feel so cringe even talking about it but we have to forgive our past selves who didn't know any better you need to forgive the woman in her late teens or early 20s who didn't know any better so off the back of that younger me would do the thing where I'd be like hey <laughs> Hey, I think you're really attractive and cool. I'd love to get to know you better. <laughs> and, you know, sometimes it will result in me and that guy sleeping together. But it's like, I can tell that he's just here for the convenience. But he's not invested in trying to get to know me. He's not investing in me. He ain't giving me no money. He ain't getting me no gifts. He ain't doing nothing for me because he sees me as convenience pussy. And convenience pussy comes from women who don't value themselves. Don't get it twisted, no. Don't conflate me saying convenience pussy comes from women who don't value themselves with women who sleep with multiple partners don't value themselves. This is not that. Because there are women who are sleeping with multiple men and every man in that multiple is sustaining her financially or he's doing something useful for her. Even if you're fucking for opportunities, you go fuck for what you want to fuck for because fucking for orgasms ain't even enough anymore. You can get that by yourself. So I am in full support of women who know the value of their pussy and they act on it where it's required. Listen, do your thing. Do your thing, B. Because men be doing that shit all the time anyway and nobody comes for them. But, you know, I just feel like desperation is... Uh, it's a real surefire way to to set yourself up for some disaster in relationships with men because they rely on you being desperate. So if you've sent out a feeler and he's not responsive to your feeler, you just got to pack it up and go. 
take the L and dip quickly because the longer you hang around there, the worse you're going to feel. And then to overcompensate for feeling worse, you just end up uh, taking full ownership of being the desperate woman in the situation and you just relax into your desperation and you just full on start chasing him. Like, And another thing as well, please, because I did this too when I was younger. Don't be taking no advice from your desperate friends. <laughs> I'll explain what I mean. You know, you might explain a scenario to your friend where you're like, oh my God, babe. So there's this guy... We've been following each other for a while. And, you know, he watches my stories. And I feel like, you know, sometimes he likes them. Sometimes he sends hot emojis. We've spoken on DM occasionally, but, you know, I'm really feeling him. I don't know what to do because he hasn't asked me out, but, like, I really like him. And then your friend who's desperate is going to advise you, go on, babe, make the first move. Yeah, life is short. Why not? Just message him. Girl, just be honest about how you... F Look, honesty is the best policy. Just be honest. Just message him and say, hey, are you free? I want to... Let's hang out. I just had to swallow the acid reflux vomit in the back of my throat. Because when I was younger, I did that a couple times. Too many where I'll do the whole like, yeah, you're right. Life is short. Just be spontaneous. Because you know me, I'm Sagittarius, innit? One thing about Sagittarius, we be spontaneous as hell. And sometimes the impulsivity works against us, especially in scenarios when it comes to men and not having the self-control to accept that if a man is liking your pics and watching your stories, but he ain't hit you up, then leave him there, innit? When he's ready, when he's got something to say to you, he knows what to type. He knows how to contact you. He knows what button to press to send a message. You don't need to do any of the heavy lifting for him. But, you know, if you listen to your desperate friends who are also making desperate decisions, who are all chasing man, who are all moving to men, of course you're going to be the same person that's, you know, in men's messages, asking them out. What do, what do you think this is? Because you're, because you're in a hurry to find love. But what you don't understand is, yeah, being in a hurry to find love and as a result, you're engaging with men who are doing nothing for you and on top of them doing nothing for you, you're the one that's chasing them. That's not going to take you any closer to the love you're looking for. Like you're still feeling unappreciated and unloved with that man. <coughs> Ooh, bless me. See, I'm allergic to low-effort men. Oh, so annoying that I'm sneezing. Gosh, man, men be flaring up my allergies all the time. <laughs> but, you know, if you've decided that, that that's your story, what's my own? What's my own? Me, I've learnt, yeah, from, 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 from experience. I'm only taking advice from, from friends who are doing things the way that I would like to do it. Or if I'm seeing results that make sense for them, then of course I'd be open to their pointers. But I'm not moving to a man. I'm just not doing that. And you find, ironically, yeah, if you have access to men who are accomplished or who are, whether they're public figures or they have a blue tick that wasn't bought, can't believe you got to even say that now. Because, <laughs> you know, you can now buy blue ticks on Instagram. And you know how men be buying blue ticks to make themselves look 
more successful than they are so they can, you know, hopefully attract women that are out of their league. It's so ironic, the idea of it all. Because <laughs> then once they use their fake bought blue tick to attract the woman that they believe is out of their league, they start treating that woman badly anyway. <laughs> but anyway, there's going to be men who, you know, they are actually tangibly real life successful. And those are the men you have to save your wickedness for. If you don't know how to be wicked, you need to start practicing. Because if you want to be dating men that can take care of you or you want to be dating men who are not going to be making you chase them, you need to summon a version of yourself that you're not comfortable being. And the reason that you're not comfortable being that version of yourself is because you're so used to being nice, playing nice, keeping it friendly, letting things go, not being too much, not asking for too much, being scared of walking away from a man, being scared of what's going to happen if things don't work out with this man that you fancy and if things don't work out because you didn't like something you'll fear that you will be alone it's like girl feel the fear and do it anyway because you're still going to end up feeling alone in partnership with that man so the fear you're feeling is already happening you're already living your worst nightmare <laughs> and you haven't died so imagine how great your life is going to be if you already know how to live through what was once considered a nightmare because it's about how you view things perspective is everything if your perspective is that being single is being lonely, then you're going to be living a nightmare and you're going to be constantly looking for an escape from that nightmare. And that escape is men. Any man, please, just a man, a man, please, somebody, anybody pick me. But if your perspective of singlehood is that you've chosen your life, you've not settled for it, and you're not going to be inviting people into your world if they don't fit the cut, then <laughs> that's a great place to be, especially if you have hobbies that you enjoy you got things to look forward to that don't involve men. Like, you just got an exciting life. Like, it's perspective, but it's also about what you are doing to contribute to that perspective. Because I just feel like if you're in a place where you're chasing men, you have low self-esteem. There's no... there's You can rebrand it as many times as you like. You can debate about it as much as you like. I just feel like chasing men means you have low self-esteem. I don't give a fuck if feminism says we should go equal. That's still not equality, though. Chasing men is still not equality because you're chasing the chance to be taken advantage of by people who already feel entitled to you. So it's actually, you're worse off. You're actually worse off than where you started. Where you started was with, you know, men having to court you and explain their intentions to you and display those intentions, not just to you, but to your family, mainly your father. Okay, within that, there are arguments that it is oppressive. You know, the idea that a man being your dad would have to like hand you over in marriage. Okay, cool. I can reason with that. But ultimately, you're not in a better off position by chasing men though. <laughs> because it just looks desperate. You might think you're empowered. These niggas think you're desperate. They think you're desperate. They just see you as desperate. It's desperate. And then the higher octave of that is being the woman that is the financial provider. Listen, as somebody that's open to dating women, even though I don't have any dating history with women right now and I'm not in a hurry to date women, I that's the only time I can imagine myself being okay with being a financial provider if I'm dating a woman because the power dynamics feel more even. And... That would only happen. I would only be providing financial support to a woman if it's a black woman or a woman of colour. I wouldn't be providing financial support if I'm dating a white woman. If I'm dating a white woman, I'm dating a white woman that has money. Baby, these reparations. Did you know that white women made up 40% of slave owners? 
Did you know that white women made up 40% of slave owners? So let's not even go there. Anyway, let's stay on track. <laughs> I'm not being no breadwinner for no man, baby. I'm a, I don't, I'm happy. Listen, I'm happy to be making my own money. I love that no matter who I marry or date or engage myself with or whether I'm single, I'm going to always get a bag. I'm going to always get my money. I will always find a way. I have multiple ways. Listen, worse comes to worse. And this ain't even worse. This ain't even bad. But for the sake of conversation, last, last, I have nothing else I can do. Listen, I can sell this pussy and I can sell it real good. I know how to sell sensuality. I can pole dance. I, I'm very connected with myself. I know how to monetize and alchemize male attention. So if the, if the rent is real do, 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 and I got to get it how I get it, I'm going to get it. So I don't feel like, I don't feel like financing a man's life. I don't get it. Because even if I'm dating someone that can take care of me, I would like for him to take care of me and I would like to still have my own money. It's both. And I would like for him to nurture me to such an extent that I'm making even more money than I was making when I was single. Because his presence has brought so much abundance to my life that the support he has shown me has enabled me to grow to an even more efficient and successful version of me that is what relationships with men are supposed to do they're supposed to water you because you are a what flower you're a fucking flower babe all right <laughs> but you know some some feminists might argue that, that calling yourself a flower is disempowering like, okay, I just want to know how all this empowerment has worked out for you because men are still taking advantage of you. And it makes me shudder internally when I meet women who tell me that, like, they're the main breadwinner and that their husband is a stay-at-home husband. Because all I'm seeing in my head is that man is definitely cheating. And, you know, there will be scenarios where that's not the case. But that is the exception. Okay? That is the exception. And that's based on many factors. You know, if you live on, a, if you live on, a, on an island where there isn't much access to anything out there, or if, if, if this man isn't able to get out of the house that much for, for reasons beyond his control, then, of course, he's going to be with you all the time. So that's why I feel like a lot of women, they pick men who they have to hit, who they have to take care of. They pick men who they have to rescue so that the men won't leave them. Because it's like, girl, look, there's no amount of money you can make on this planet as a woman, yeah, that can't be matched by a man in a world where men already make up the sole shareholders of the world. Like, they be hoarding all the money. That's what patriarchy literally is. So no matter how successful you are as a woman you'll always be able to find a man who's either on your level or is making more. I don't see why you have to just be like, well, I'm so successful that I just cannot, for the life of me, find a man who's going to treat me well. So I guess the only men who will treat me well are men who I can finance their life. Of course that man's going to be a stay-at-home relaxing while you're away. He's, he's, you don't know what he's doing. He's probably even using your money. To, oh, my God. Listen, men, try it. I don't know, man. I don't know how I feel about that stay-at-home husband thing. Yeah, that just feels weird to me. Like, it just feels like, why is, why is, why? If I'm going to be doing all that, yeah, I I feel like I need to just date a woman. That don't make no sense. Because that man's going to feel like a wet wipe. And when men feel like a wet wipe, they take it out on you. 
And that man feeling like wet wipe is not your fault. It's because he <laughs> he feels like a loser because that's some loser shit. Why are you chopping a woman's money when you should be out there going and getting your shit together? So you're really seeing this woman working hard and you're doing you're just gonna relax into your idleness because you're a you're a man feminist and you believe in equality, which is why you're gonna be staying at home for the rest of your life while your while your woman partner is out financing your whole life and you're and you're low-key sneaking and pressing breasts because the only way for you to feel like a man, the only way for you to feel like your existence has tangible impact on this planet is to go and sneak off with a woman who will make you feel like a man. And the way that these men feel like a man is being able to provide, being able to impress a woman. Those are definitions that men created. That's nothing to do with me, baby. I'm just echoing what's in front of me. I did not create the definition of manhood. Men created that and they reinforce it every day, which is why they get jealous of you when you're making more money than them. And that's why I don't believe in dating men who are struggling harder than you because they eventually become resentful towards you. And if that's what you want for your life, that's your own. Don't come over here with that though. That's your own. And that can very often start from you being the one making the first move. From the onset, from the onset, how you start is how things usually go on with guys. So if the way things started with that man was you moving to him and then how it progressed was you're always the one arranging the dates and you tell yourself that it's empowering because we're living in the modern world now where women can make the first move huh? <laughs> in his head he's like yeah yeah yeah, babe mm -hmm. you are so empowered you go girl you keep on paying for both our dates because you are an empowered woman <laughs> like the fuck god forbid about about so i'm saying man look everybody chooses the life that they lead and if you're gonna date men and you're gonna be making the first move yeah let it be that the feelers that you're putting out are feelers towards men who can actually make shit happen and if they don't make nothing happen, you need to always be prepared to move on with your life. You need to always be prepared to go back to neutral. And neutral is self. You need to always have a base, a safe spot to land. And that is yourself. Like sometimes men will be the ones that will initiate stuff and it still won't work out. And you still need to be okay with walking away. Because if you are desperate and you're chasing man and you're making the first move and you're still getting rejected, babe, you're in the trenches. You're in the trenches. That means that you are in a place where you need to stop, drop and roll. <laughs> no, I'm joking. It means you're in a place where you need to just stop and leave men alone for a while. Give your, Go on a year sabbatical from men, okay? Go out there and touch the leaves. Go out there and forage some mushrooms, babe. Go out there and go speak to the wind and the stars and the sky. Like, go out there and actually fall in love with your life, babe. Like, you just need to leave these men alone. Because there's no way, there's no way you need to be stepping out of your convenience to beg a man to be in your life. That's, that's low. That's low. And that's a sign of really, really, really low self-worth. And self-worth can always be worked on, you know? This is not judgment. This is just 
pointing out like this is what it is and that's why men are treating you like that and this is not to say that you know if a man treats you badly you deserved it because you didn't carry yourself well this is not that Uh uh-uh. what I'm saying is if a man treated you badly and when you look back on the timeline and you observe the role you played in entering this scenario and if that role began with you moving to him where you can hold yourself accountable is you can identify that okay maybe moving to men and and being desperate is not working I need to go and just sit down for like a year and rid myself of the belief that a romantic partnership with a man will make my life better because it's clearly not working because the more desperate you become the more lonely you become because you keep on ending up with men who don't make you feel loved and seen. So you're spending time in relationships with men still feeling lonely, but because you're scared of being lonely, you don't leave these relationships with men where you already feel lonely. And so the cycle of desperation just continues because you don't know how to identify that this man don't give a fuck about you. But because you're so desperate to just have a man in your life, you're willing to... Fam, there's women that's paying men to... Oh! Paying men to be with them. Because I just feel like... What is that? Is that like is that really, really empowering? Which part of it is empowering? Because you know what's really empowering? Being the boss that you are, yeah, and having your own money and then meeting a guy whose money you can spend while you save your money and spend your own money on what you want to spend it on because now you don't have to spend your money on rent no more. Now you can actually spend your money on that passion that you've been trying so hard to to dry knuckle at. You've been trying so hard to squeeze that passion into your life but because you've been having to work and pay rent, you've not had the time. Now this man has come into your life and has removed that load He's now financially supporting you. And he's so supportive that he wants to see you do so well that you're making twice as much as you made when you met him. So he's going to be investing in you, investing his money, his time, his affirmative words, his effort. He's even cooking for you. He's making sure you're nourished, babe. That could be your life. That could be you. But you playing. 